0: Hello there and welcome to um, an episode, the first episode actually, of the You Podcast uh, with me, your host Kenneth Boot and uh, I have a guest with me today. So I'll tell you a bit about my guest actually before she opens her mouth um, and tells you a bit more about herself. yourself. Um, my guest today is Rianne Evans who is a professional harpist amongst other things and I wanted to talk to her today and I thought it would be interesting for you listeners to uh, understand how a, a professional musician works. And um, I think there's a lot of similarities between musicians and, and playing music and any artist in general and, and our own self-development. So I think you'll get something interesting out of this. She's certainly an interesting lady. She's been on podcasts with me before, so I know she can talk. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce you to the Welsh harpist. I am going to say Welsh dragon then. The Welsh dra- Let's call you the dragon today. The Welsh dragon that is Rihanna Evans' harpist. All right.
1: Playing with fire.
0: Playing with fire. That's what we're going to call the episode, actually, playing with fire. Yeah. I thought you'd chosen that as your um, strapline for your, for your, your uh, website.
1: I've changed my mind just because wedding clients might get the wrong idea that I'm dangerous and I'm not. I don't think I'm dangerous. <sighs> I think I'm very nice. <laughs> Do
0: you know what I think is interesting about that is the fact that you thought it was a good idea mm. and then straight away you start thinking, oh... What, like will the, what will the clients think
1: yeah well they're going to be paying me money aren't they
0: so. yeah another interesting thing that that isn't it amazing how we change our view on something when money's on the table yeah i want to talk to you today because we have talked before in podcasts and then podcasts actually i think the one we did a while back is still on youtube um because we recorded that one no recording today it's a good job Video because your ears a mess. Yeah, was, oh, thanks. So I, so no, my ears are a mess. I've done nothing with it. No gel in it. Down. Look, look at that, like a 1970s pop star.
1: Well, it was either a, a session with you this morning or hairdresser No. Oh, well, listen, I, I,
0: appreciate, I appreciate the fact you chose me. Um, no, I think what is interesting, we've talked before, and I, I, I think your journey into music, there's a lot of things came out when you told me your kind of... Um, journey from first playing the harp to becoming a professional musician. And there were come some bits come out that were quite um interesting for me and very enlightening. Mm. So for people because the other podcast, unless you still watch one, YouTube isn't available. So just just tell us briefly about how you 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 went from finding out that you wanted to play the harping to becoming a professional musician. You know, give us some idea of timescales on what the kind of process was. So when did you first decide you want to play a harp
1: when i was five um i saw somebody play on telly and that was it and i had to wait for three years and then one christmas i got my harp my first harp and i just kept going kept practicing had lessons loved it did my exams and then went to music college um and studied mostly quite hard i had one bad year but then, yeah, got my um, degree, and then went to France to study for five years, and then got a job with the Cape Town Phil in South Africa.
0: So You're going to have to. I know what that means, but on. what the Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra, Philharmonic Orchestra? Yes, yeah, the Cape Town Phil. Cape Town Phil <laughs> sounds like some bloke that runs a music store <laughs> in Johannesburg or something. <laughs> Cape Town Phil. <laughs> Good news, <isn't> it? <laughs> what do. What I find interesting is we we, we do. I I do it a lot in the work I do. We tend to use use words that we think people know. Yeah. So mm. you know, people say it's like, oh, you know, the the, the Cape Town Phil. What does that mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, so so that's Thank just you. just clarifying. Just just I'm thinking of our listeners. Yes. The whole purpose of these podcasts really is that I want to make sure at the end of it, anybody listening, these oh I hope they're entertained, and we can have a few little uh, jolly japes along the way. But also there's something at the end of it that that, that they can take and use mm. in their own life. Mm. And the reason I'm kind of pushing you on, on this this morning and wanting you to tell us about how you became um, a professional harpist is because a lot of people have dreams when they're five or six-year-old. Hmm. A lot of kids do. And, and some people listening to this, this this episode, they may well have children that are at that age now where they're coming up with ideas. I think when I was younger, it was, oh, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a soldier. I want to be well, Kevin. A salesman. I want to be case. Keith. Well, yeah, but it was. Wasn't and, and it? It was. I wanted to be a salesman. Well, actually, more specifically, I wanted to be Dell Boy. Yeah, there from all fools and horses. Mm. So what's interesting is how some people start off at five and six with dreams, mm. and some pursue them. Mm. I mean, I don't know, you're probably not massively into Formula One racing, are you? Uh, no. You must have heard blo- of a bloke blo- called Lewis Hamilton. Yes. He's fairly really famous, is Lewis.
1: Yes, I know him. And this
0: weekend, um, he became the six-time world champion. Oh, okay. Mm. Which is staggering. And the reason I say that is he wanted to be a racing driver from the age of about five or 6 Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there were many other people around his age who wanted to be racing drivers, but yet he's become champion of the world six times. And other people probably never set foot in a, in a, in a race car at all. Hmm. So when when you started your kind of journey into playing your harp, did you have a lot of support at home for doing that? I oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, my parents were very supportive. Took me to lessons. Started in school with the free lessons, actually. Didn't have to pay at that time, amazingly. And then when I was about 15, I wanted to do my grades and I started going privately once a week, um, about half an hour's drive away. So, you know, my mum would take me without complaining, we would sit outside in the car waiting while I had my lesson.
0: So did you find when you got the the professional help, did that ramp it up? Did you get a lot better quickly?
1: Yeah, when it was more intense, yes. More time mm. yeah so I, th- I think
0: that's something i find interesting it's certainly something I've, I've got i've got experience in is that if you can find a lot of free stuff I mean, especially now i mean mm-hmm. you know you're a similar age to me but back in the kind of 70s and 80s there was no google there was no youtube Mm-mm. but you can learn a lot of stuff these days about an interest you may have actually online we couldn't do it back then
1: yeah but it's filtering isn't it because <laughs> some of it is garbage some of it's
0: i suppose the point i'm trying to make is when we want to try something, I think the only way you're going to know if you're going to enjoy doing something is to actually do it.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I've told this story on the other podcast a do bit of twenty four seven, which is how I always wanted to be a business coach until I became a business coach, and I didn't <laughs> want to do it. So, yeah, okay. so I had this idea in my mind for literally probably about ten years. I, yeah. I had my business. I was going to run my business, and when I finished my business, I was then going to become a business coach. Mm. And then I think I'd, I had two clients very early on i got two clients fairly quickly um and it became very apparent about 10 minutes into the first session that i didn't want to do this really yeah yeah yeah. i didn't enjoy it god so i had this idea of what i thought it would be like yeah but the reality didn't match that
1: why not was it because of the people or
0: <laughs> you can sometimes you make sometimes mistake your, your talents for something they're not so for instance um because I ran a business, I assumed I had skills in running a business, which is true. I do have some skills in running a business. Mm. But for me, I'm, I'm more about solving problems. So if somebody comes to me with a problem,
1: mm.
0: I'm very good at helping people find solutions to that. Yeah. So in effect, I tend to stay very calm when other people panic. Yeah. Um, in real life, actually, when anything's going really well, I'm not very good. Yeah, um, yeah. But you when need
1: it, the dilemma, don't you?
0: Yeah. I, I need, somebody once said, you know, you seem to thrive on catastrophe and chaos. <laughs> <laughs> to the point you create it in your own life <laughs> so you can resolve it. Yeah, yeah. But but for me, um, when people have a dream, especially with kids, I think the important thing is to let them try that. So if, if your kid turns around and your child turns around and says, you know what, I'd like to be a, a footballer, get them to play football. Yeah, okay. If mm-hmm. somebody says, oh, I want to be a gymnast, let him be a gymnast. I want to be a painter, we'll do some painting. Mm-hmm. You want to be a harpist, play the harp. Mm-hmm. So that's clearly what your parents did. Mm-hmm. And, and clearly, if you had the lessons at school and... I always find it must be the same with a harp. I I've I briefly played the guitar. Yeah. And I found those first few months of playing an instrument fascinating because she learned so much mm. so quickly. Mm. From not being able to make a tune out of the thing, I could play three chords in about two, two lessons. Um, and then I could play with the three chords, I could play most of the Oasis songs that I liked. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play it while I was seven. By the way, I was playing the guitar <laughs> when I was in my twenties when I took oh, it up. Yeah, okay. So, mm. although we talk about kids, it's any age. If you if you have the desire to want to be something, professional harpist, professional this, life coach, business coach, try it, see mm. how it feels. Mm. So you've you started getting these lessons when you were fifteen. So there must have been a point then when, because obviously at fifteen you're still at school. I'm guessing you're doing your exams. Yeah, O levels. Yeah. So. When did you think, well, actually, I could make a career out of this? What What was it that sparked that interest in making this a profession?
1: Well, I didn't really think of it as career. It was just the thing that I seemed to specialise in and get good grades in. And so I thought, well, try music college, you know, and see what happens. I didn't have a specific idea. I was good at orchestral um, playing. So there was I was in youth orchestra from the age of about 15 as well and was principal harp there out of, yeah, so. Um, and it's just, it's something I really enjoyed because I felt it was a safe atmosphere as part of a group of people instead of being in the spotlight. So solo work for me is
0: challenging. It's funny, you know, I, um, I was working with somebody yesterday, um, somebody, quite a young person actually, and it became clear that um, within this group, there were some very talented individuals and um, but none of them really wanted to step out and stand out. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I think that is one of the challenges when you do anything Absolutely. professionally. Yeah. Is are you going to be comfortable standing out? Yeah. Um something that, that, that happened, I suppose, in certainly I noticed in the last five years is there became a a big surge of public speakers. Um it became a profession that everybody seemed to mm. There's always what I call um fads. Mm. And a fad's not something that comes and generally goes, but it's it's something that's generally always been around, just becomes more popular. So it's yep. probably instead instead of being a fad, maybe it's a fashion. You know, maybe, and and there was this thing where public speakers became everybody wanted to be a public speaker. Hmm. Um, not everybody, but it became popular. And it was interesting that the, for me, the people that were the best speakers are the ones that didn't really want to speak. Oh, interesting. And yeah. those that wanted to be public speakers were generally not very good. <laughs> Because it fade into this. If you try to imagine, if you're very extroverted and love being the centre of attention, then actually a stage and a microphone is a great place for you. Mm. If you don't like to have um, to be centre of attention, you don't want the spotlight on you. That's a very dangerous place to be. Oh my god! It feels yeah. dangerous. Mm. So it must be the same when you're playing an orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Because when I, 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 never really got orchestral music till I met you, and then I started to look at the orchestra in a different way. Mm. Mainly because I was very surprised with the politics around. Um, playing in an orchestra, mm. and also this kind of dilemma that people have, which is if you're a principal harpist, and there can only be one, mm-hmm. the name gives it away, principal, you mm. to be principal harpist, how few orchestras there are and how many harpists there are. Yeah. So it's a very, very competitive business.
1: Super niche.
0: Super niche. But it's the same whether you're a clarinet player or you play the uh, bongos. <laughs> Do you have bongos in, in an orchestra? Occasionally. Do you know... <laughs> I always thought I'd be a right good triangle player. <laughs> so That's all you got to do rack up every now and again and just, ting. In the right place. Is the one bloke that just, is that his job to be, is that one instrument? Does somebody no. go to music college to learn how to play the no, uh, the triangle? Oh you're a percussionist. You just like the percussion. So he plays drums as well? Yeah.
1: Lots of different things. Instruments, yeah.
0: I've got very fond of listening to classic FM. Have you? Yes. Um and there's certain there's certain um, songs that come out and I was listening yesterday to um is it Gustav Holtz? A oh, Holst, yeah. The planet suite. Oh you like that. Oh, you what? Um I just found it really kind of <laughs> fascinating to uh to realise that when I listen to music, there's certain instruments I can't stand the sound of. On, like what? A harpsichord. Oh that It grinds my tits, quite frankly. It
1: jangles, doesn't it?
0: And there's certain ones, it's like when when, when I hear songs, I'm, I'm trying to think now about how music is, is emotive. I wanted to come onto this, and I've probably come on to it a bit early, but we'll come back to it, because I mm. want to just finish off your, your plan first, but re- remind me to go back to emotions around music.
1: Emotions around music, that's easy,
0: yeah. But listening to this Classic FM, what I realised is, and, and the, the experience I've had talking to you about your kind of work, and although I do it the business coach now, I do a little bit with stuff you do. Yeah. I think it's interesting how organised a... Um, orchestra is which, which looking back you think sounds obvious all playing in tune at the same time and everybody going along and I never understood what that bloke at the front were doing with the stick mm. I just thought I were there for effect because I just think well I could do that I can wave a stick about tap it now and again and, and he seems to always get the applaudits and applause so as far as an orchestra's concerned who's the daddy or the mummy who's the head on show is it the guy with the stick
1: No comment. Honestly, I can't comment. I'm not going to comment.
0: Who makes the decision who plays is what I'm saying. Who puts an orchestra together?
1: Well, it's two people, actually, the leader and the conductor, I think. The the leader? Yeah, the first violin.
0: Well, that explains it because they always shake hands. Yeah.
1: They all come out. It is um, like a team, yeah, team effort.
0: I'll tell you something as well. I mean, I know you can't comment because it would be unprofessional of you, but right, it's not unprofessional of me to comment about this. There's some scruffy buggers in orchestras <laughs> in there. And generally those guys with, 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 with the um, violins, they really need a, a, a dose of um, makeover. You could at least comb your hair. It's all I'm saying. Or is it part of it? Do you have to have a, a very eccentric haircut?
1: I think a lot of musicians are, what do you call it?
0: We're, um, eccentric?
1: Not not eccentric. Um... Mad. <laughs> Creative, there we go.
0: Creative. in our
1: attire and approach to life.
0: So, so how was it for you then? You've gone from this youth orchestra and then mm. you step up to playing in the uh, the Phil. Man, the Phil
1: man. The,
0: so, what's the difference? Is is it a big step up in that kind of in in the setup? Yes,
1: to, yeah. Youth orchestra training, basically, okay. and then the professional orchestra, you get paid. So.
0: But is there a difference in how it's set up, how it's run, what you're expected to do? No,
1: it's basically the same thing. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, did you find you up your game when you went into the into the kind of professional paid stuff? Was it was the was the kind of did you feel or did you have a level that you've kind <laughs> of stayed always at all along? Yeah, it,
1: it demanded a high standard myself. My playing. I like that. Yeah, kind of. You can end up beating yourself up about it. I think if you are good at anything, goodness.
0: any anybody that doesn't question their performance in anything they're doing, um, quite frankly, I don't think he's doing the job right. Mm, mm. I did it yesterday. I, I took. Um, I was. I was doing. It. I was working with a, a, a group of children yesterday. School students, actually, they weren't really children. Were like they the, secondary? Yeah, College. but the, the last year, I mean, they'll be the fifteen going on to sixteen, so mm. be sixteen already. And and actually, whenever I come out of anything I do, whether it's something that's a bit of free work that I do occasionally, or paid work. I always mm. question, could I have done that better? Yeah, and, yeah of and, course. And, and not because I think I've done it badly, it's just I always question, how do you improve? Because you're learning for next time. But I think it's an important thing for people to, to understand. Hopefully people listening to this podcast are people who want to improve some aspects of their life. Mm. And in order to do that, I think you always have to be questioning, in a, in a constructive way, your performance. Mm. Could I have done that more effectively? Mm. Could I have done that better? So I was asked that question, you know, could I have done that better? So like, yesterday is the one thing I, I, was, I was really pleased with yesterday because I, I, I took a bit of a kind of gamble with something I did yesterday, which I was playful with something. What did you do? Well, I turned up and the, the classroom was in a disgrace, right? Yeah. Generally, I, we tend to sit around it in boardroom style. Yes, yeah, so the, idea the is picture that, Yeah, well, the work I'm media. doing, mm. the work I do, um, I'm trying to show, show these students what it's like when we leave school into the next phase yeah. of their career, yeah. which will either be college, but it be college potentially after that university for a lot of them Um and then eventually into work so i'm trying to show them how we communicate differently and how we have to be you know have to have to present ourselves when we start to go to for college interviews and so it's about trying to give them the skills to use in adult life
1: this is how real life will yes be. so yeah.
0: i want to set up like a it had so generally the tables are set up so everyone sits around the edge of the table mm. well clearly i walked in yesterday and that, that room had been used for an exam because all the tables were separate and they had chairs behind yeah so I got there yesterday, I always get there with about 10 minutes to spare. Yep. And normally I'll put the tables together. Um, and re- the reality was I thought, I'm going to play with this today. I'm going I'm to, let, let's let have a bit of a, see what happens when they come mm. in. Where will they choose to sit? Mm, mm. How will they manage the, the space? And it was interesting how very quickly we turned that room into, it became more like a, we sat in like a circle.
1: When did you start the teaching? Oh, I'm
0: doing that a while now. Beginning the year.
1: Okay. Mm, well, do.
0: the beginning of the, 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 the um, school year. So what s- happened September. when
1: the setup changed yesterday? Then? Different.
0: They, 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 they all adapted to it. One mm. of the things I believe you have to be in life is adaptable. Yeah. Mm. And one thing, I mean, the whole purpose of yesterday was to bring out this idea that flexibility is important. You, you, there's a saying in the work I got trained in, which is NLP, Neuro Linguistic mm. Programming, mm. that the person who has got the most flexibility is the person with the most choices is always the person with the most influence. Mm-hmm. So if you can stay flexible, you've got more choices. Mm. And that's why I like to, to challenge people with how can you be resilient enough to find a solution that may not be obvious. Mm. So we talk about, and we do the work we do together. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you should do this, this and this. I just mm. want to open up your way of thinking mm-hmm. to say maybe there's another way to look at this, yeah. which you might not see yourself. And anybody that works in, in helping somebody it's about teaching somebody to, to learn themselves. Yeah, There's that old saying, you know, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You yeah. teach a man to fish, you can feed him for a lifetime. Yeah. So I'm looking to teach people to fish Yeah, in a kind of self-development world. Yeah, mm. So we're now playing for this orchestra in Cape Town. Mm. So how long were you there?
1: Uh, two and a half years. Was that after France? Yes, straight
0: after, yeah. So how did you find your experience in France? Because you were there quite a while, weren't
1: you? I loved it, yeah. Really, I, I think... I would go back. Were you, choice, were you I'd there go. for how many years? Uh,
0: five. So do you are you good with the lingo?
1: Mm, I speak it f- fluently. If I was there for a, a couple of weeks, I'd pick it up quickly again. Hmm.
0: Say something in French. Say, um, the weekend's cool, and what are you doing?
1: Le weekend arrive, qu'est-ce que tu fais?
0: Look at that. It's French with a Welsh twang?
1: That might be completely wrong, but no, it's not. I don't think. Uh, we'll see what my French friends say if there's any Why French did you like listeners. France? Because
0: I've only been to France Food,
1: main thing and People, friendly, open
0: I went to France I've been to France twice now I may, Have I been three times? I've been through France three times mm. But I've actually spent time Me and Sue took a trip to France um, not three years ago now We're mm. going this year We've got, oh. another, we've got a road trip planned This year? Yeah Shall I tell you where we're going? you like this We're going down to the south of England.
1: 2019? No,
0: sorry, next year. Oh, okay. Ne- next year, not this yeah, year. Okay, 20, yeah, okay, Next summer. Next summer. Okay. Because this year we went to Ibiza. Yes. This year we decided we're going to get on a, a ferry that's going to take us all the way down to Bilbao hmm. in Spain. What oh. can I do for you? What's that? Is that... Whose phone's gone off there? <laughs> it's... Not... <laughs> my, city's, my city's gone mental. <laughs> I bet it picked up, <laughs> eh? Hey, let me just turn that off. That's very unprofessional of me, Ms. Evans. Let me, let me just um, turn that down. Sorry.
1: Tell me about Bilbao. Right,
0: so we're going to get on a ferry. Hmm. 20, 28 hours to get to Bilbao, hmm. which I believe somewhere near Barcelona, is it? Yeah, uh, was.
1: No, it's north-west north Spain,
0: isn't it? Okay, then we're going down to Barcelona, Bay Roads. Oh. Then taking a the left, coming into France.
1: Oh, wow. And working
0: the way back up through France to... Uh, Potentially Paris.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing. Do you know why?
0: Go on. I want to watch the Tour de France finish.
1: Okay. It's always the sporting goal. (laughs) I thought you were going to say I was going to take Sue up the Eiffel Tower or something. Not a
0: chance I might go up that bloody thing. (laughs) This is going to sound silly, right? But I've got such a fear of heights. And I know that Eiffel Tower's been there a while now. But I keep thinking if I went up it, it'd fall over. So I I don't like (laughs) heights. I may t- I may test myself this year actually. I might push myself to go up a little bit higher.
1: Have you got vertigo? Do you get kind of
0: No joke. If I go up high I I feel grim. Do I don't know whether it's you? vertigo or not. I, do, I just avoid going up tall things. Mm, okay. Mm. I'm all right in planes.
1: Mm. I was gonna ask about that actually. Is flying okay. Yeah,
0: I'm not I'm not scared of flying. Mm. I'm not very really happy about the idea of smashing into a fucking mountain but well, no, you know, but... nobody likes the idea that at all of that but do you know? That's not
1: why you take a plane, is it?
0: No, you take the plane I, I, I I'm very comfortable. I find going up into heights because I do a lot of walking and I'm up some very high hills, you know. But it's that oh, jumping idea. Of, off, I don't jumping. like I don't like sheer drops. Mm. So, being a Welsh lady, you'll know that you know, obviously Snowdon that's well known for one of its particular hills around there. Cribgog, Cribgog. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not go Cribgog, mm. never. And, and uh, you know, people say, "Oh, you will, you will, you, you I know, you." No. I'd, I'd end up stuck in the middle of that, laid flat on my face, screaming, mm. until somebody in a helicopter dragged me off. <laughs> which wouldn't do very, very much for my uh, credibility as, no. a, as a walking guide. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm, I mean, I wanted to ask about France, because I, I found France interesting, because I found it, I felt at home in France. Did you? Mm. Yes, it's I really people, enjoyed it. It's not it, I well, think. We first went to a place called Annecy. Mm. Um, Lake. Yeah, Lake Annecy. Mm. Um, and that gave us a chance then to, I remember vividly... Um, we went in september so it was getting a bit cooler and we ended up going up to a place that and had some coffee which then overlooked um, you could see mont blanc mm-hmm. and i was i was blown away by the the culture yeah it was very british there was a lot it was very similarities to england in many ways mm-hmm. um the people i found alright you know i think we were a bit friendlier um, yeah, but yeah. i loved i loved the, the thing because we were, the last time i went to france we went across on the channel tunnel yeah so you literally get on in um, the Folkestone, you get off in Calais, and actually it's almost the same weather in the same countryside. Yeah, that yeah. first sort of two a big hours. It's grey, isn't it? So I like France, um, but but living there, how did you find a different living in a different culture? Did that, did you enjoy that? You took to it clearly.
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Mm. You say you might go back. Given half a chance, yeah, I would. You if don't I get half a chance,
0: you've got a passport. Go now.
1: I would. You know, I really would.
0: There you go. Travel, I think, is an amazing thing. Mm, it's mm. one of those things as well. I think people have dreams to do certain things and also people dream to travel. Mm. One thing that certainly Sue helped me with and understand is how simple travel can be. You know, instead of just saying, oh, I'd love to see what, what... I've done a lot of traveling in Europe. Um, Sue would like to go further afield. She'd like to go places like um, Thailand and India.
1: Really?
0: And there's an element of that I'd, I'm not that sure about mm. because I do like Europe. Um, but I remember some of the places I've seen, I mean, Barcelona is just something else.
1: You like it? Oh.
0: I mean the the, the specifically Gaudi's work, I mean the yeah. that cathedral, the is the 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 sacred family, the saga. Yeah. I, don't, I won't try to embarrass myself by pronouncing it. But the big the big cathedral, the Gaudi cathedral there. And the reason we're going around to Bilbao and, and we want to end up coming through Spain is I want to go to um the Bay of Roses. And yeah. near there there's where Salvador Dali lived.
1: Oh, okay. Are you going? Well, I visited
0: our once before and I found it very powerful um, down there. I enjoyed that part of the world. Mm -hmm. But travel expands your mind, expands your thinking. And Mm -hmm. again, a lot of people think it's out of their reach. It just is not. You know, you can get flights now to places like Barcelona, Madrid, France, you know, Paris. You you can get those flights, Berlin. All these cities are actually within our reach and not that expensive. Yeah. And again, I think sometimes people have a, a dream and instead of sort of saying, well, Instead of saying, "Oh, I'd love to go to France," we'll go to France. See if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So you went to France. Went to the Cape Town Philharmonic. Yeah. Um, when did that come to an end? Why did it come to an end? Had you had enough? What, what had happened down there?
1: No, the orchestra folded, and the job came to a close. So I had a decision to make about what I would do, and I basically couldn't get a visa, so I came back and lived with my mum for a bit and did some petty teaching. You got a pe- visa.
0: Well, your credit rate is not good enough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's very funny. Very I like funny. That. that was quick, that wasn't it? Yeah, not bad for you. Not at all that. you. You must like. have I had coffee. My,
0: I had a strong coffee this morning.
1: Mm, it was very delicious, thank you. And a cake baked by your Don't friend. Don't be telling
0: people on this podcast, I cake that I'll bake cakes. I give Grew. away my hardened Acre. outdoor character.
1: You'll have to... um,
0: You've got to remember, I've got a website with me on the front looking very serious and stern. Yes, I know. And that's not the face that goes with the guy that bakes cakes.
1: It isn't, is it? But um, you should do bake-off next year. (laughs) There's a challenge for you. Do
0: you know, I I hear this is a popular programme. I refuse (laughs) to watch it.
1: (laughs) I refuse to watch it (laughs) too, but I've seen it once.
0: Because I've got more and more into me cooking. Um, And... I've got tell to us say.
1: More about I'll tell you what why it is, right? Enjoy so, it, I, I enjoy, enjoy doing
0: it because um, I like to be bit around the house. You know, Sue's a great cook. Um, and, and what I realise is I, f- I forgot that I'm a pretty good chef myself. Mm. And I used to be a very good chef when I was younger, probably when I was in my very early 20s. Were you self taught? My mother taught me. Did she? Mm. In the best way she could, she bought me a book, mm. a Delia Smith book. Mm. In you, fact... Have you still got it? I've still got it. Where is it? <laughs> Hang on a minute. I'll tell you what. Let's pause. No, no, it's not a no, pause. Okay. You're going to keep this going. <gasps> no, right, on gonna, my own. I want you to tell us about your kind of... Um, what this peri-peri... Peri-peri chicken?
1: Peri-pathetic teaching. Peri-peri-pathetic peri, <laughs> chicken.
0: Tell us what that is. I'm mm. going to pretend I'm still sat here. So pretend you're still talking to okay. me. And I'm going to spend 30 seconds shooting into this cupboard and see if I can find this book. Okay. So what peri- per- What's that all about?
1: Peripatetic teaching is, so when I got back from South Africa, I taught in schools around North Wales. I did four days teaching and drove around schools, and I had 65 students at one point. And, yeah, that's what peripatetic teaching is. So you found it. we got Delia. We've got Delia. Here we Look go. Well, let me tell
0: you, I got this bought. <laughs>
1: gonna have to take a have picture of that for this podcast
0: I, Do you know what um it's got
1: gaffer tape on it it's, I mean.
0: it's got gaffer It's apart. <laughs> i mean look at it it's played just stuck together but this this is um
1: stuck together with sweat and blood right
0: yeah and bits of um pastry, pastry. and god knows what else but it's falling <laughs> apart but this is my what's it called it's called bible delia smith's complete illustrated cookery course wonderful so my mother said something to me i mean my mother didn't, doesn't say a lot of things that are that intelligent, I have to say. I love her dearly, but uh, we're very different characters. We don't always see eye to eye. Um, <laughs> but the one thing she said to me, I've never forgot it, and I always re- I share this to, with anybody, and it's it's relevant to food, but it's relevant to anything in life. But let's look at specifically at cooking. If you can read, you can cook. Mm. And that's what she said. So I had I had the blessings of a mother that, Encouraged me to read and cook, and when I was sort of eighteen, nineteen, now I, I was very much into me cooking in the early twenties, and this was at the time when chefs were becoming quite popular. Okay. Mm. So I got into mine to do with Keith Floyd, mm. and Keith Floyd brought a different take to food. Yeah, very, and this was back French. in French, but also very. In a lot of cases, there was we were still in that stage with food when I got into it, where there was still that kind of idea of, you know, a small square of steak on a plate with some swirls of. Joux round it was so, a meal, uh, Nouveau uh, cuisine.
1: Yeah, Cordon Bleu. Yeah, and
0: and and, and I, I had a very French style with me cooking. Is and I was I was always highly seasoned. Me food, my food's wow. very seasoned. So, mm. so I like think it's because got some. I like a lot of salt and mm. pepper and seasoning. Yeah, yeah. But I got into it, and to be honest, I forgot I used to do that. I used to cook a lot of meals when I when I um, when I was at home, and over the years I just got out of the habit of doing it. Mm-hmm. I still have the talent, mm. and so the other day Sue makes this great cake um and she normally makes it for me and i thought we've run out of cake and i, and I thought well when are you gonna make some and this sounded like a little bit of a daft thing to say to her, hang on a minute you're off out working today soup i've got a few hours to myself and i'm now kind of whinging as to when you're gonna make Why a cake haven't you made a cake so i said, yeah. pull off that recipe mm. and i'll do the rest so there you go so you've ah, had a taste of my cake this yes, morning it's and you really see good very moist in that that's mm. amazing kind of moist
1: mm lovely could have doubled the cocoa content i think but there you go that's not
0: because you're a sugar addict no a
1: chocolate addict Uh,
0: okay what i find interesting about your journey is when you'd finished in in cape town and you came back and you got into teaching Mm. you've had quite um a a bumpy ride yeah Mm. in your harp work
1: interesting ride let's call it interesting well i think we
0: have to i don't want to I like your style because I've taught you well. Always look on the positive, glass half, mm-hmm. full thing. Mm. But the reality is for, for people, listen, I want to make it clear, you've had a very difficult time in maintaining that as a, as a primary career.
1: Oh, God. yeah, music.
0: And, and I, I was shocked because, I mean, I've known you music, now for, yeah. what, is it three years now? Is it 30? two, two, year, two, two, year, two mm, years? years. In that time, the amount of um, stress and, 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 and heartache at times you've had, mm-hmm. continuing to, to follow this route as been a professional musician. Um has been quite I think very, very um a very challenging time for you. It's a my passion putting I, it. Like that's that. exactly what I was gonna mm. say. Yeah. Because when we when we do want to do something or think we want to do it, mm. the challenge then comes is when it gets difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because I think with anything that you try, you sometimes have a nice bounce of look, it goes smoothly for you. But what happens when it goes wrong? Mm. So what what aspects in the last sort of three or four years would you say have been the most challenging? Is it, find, regularity of work, would you say?
1: Yes. Um, yeah. And yes, making sure that I've got enough work to keep me ticking over and practising regularly and keeping me stimulated. And it hasn't quite, I haven't really pulled it off for the past couple of years. But maybe that's for a reason. I'm quite happy with the way my, the direction my life is taking. It's making me think about different possibilities. I've learned so many new things. I've got a part-time job in a shop in a local mini market. And I've learned about so much about people. And my people skills are much better, I think. Much more extrovert than I used to be you kind of about forced to argue people. in those positions
0: because if you think about it, you, you said right at the beginning of this podcast when we started talking about why you became a harpist, mm-hmm. this concept of safety because you're part of a group. Yeah. All of a sudden, if even if, well, like anybody, if you work in a shop, all of a sudden you're the house. You've got direct contact with, mm-hmm. the, with the client mm-hmm. um, or the customer. I wanted to talk about this because I want to make... Again, the purpose of these podcasts is that we, we, we hopefully can help people listening to, to use this kind mm. of what, what's going to come out we're talking about. Yeah. So for me, it's just persistence. If yeah. you want something bad enough, you require persistence. You yes. have to be resilient. Yeah. So what keeps you going when, when it does get tough? Is it that thought of, I love playing the harp so much, I'm going to keep going? Is there any motive, anything motivating you? Or is there something bigger you're, mo- <laughs> you're moving towards? What, what motivates you to keep going when it's tough?
1: I think well today's my day off and it's a very precious day. But tomorrow, I know I've I, I've got practice ahead of me and the rest of the week. And then I've got a gig on Saturday and then a wedding fair on Sunday. So I've got goals. I've got things that I'm, I need to make sure that my standard is high enough for. And I will enjoy the practice because of that. So yeah.
0: So do you do you find practice um, is it is is it such an important part of what you do? That you that, do you enjoy it or is, is it a chore?
1: I think I enjoy the practice more than the actual performance. Yeah, is that weird? No, because I think you
0: get to be. I mean, what I wanted to kind of talk about because I think this is interesting. Certainly, when I in the work I do is when I'm practicing. So, like when I'm doing a podcast and I'm maybe playing about a little bit. Because mm. mm. although I do, I have recorded many podcasts in the past. Not every one of them gets to to be aired because mm. sometimes it's just a rant. Yeah. Other times, it's a bit more kind of sophisticated. Yeah, okay. Hmm. But what I find interesting about doing uh, practice is you get to be more playful. You get the chance to maybe be experimental. Hmm. And out of that experimental comes some good stuff. Hmm. So I think it's important that we have this playful, safe place to fail is what I call it with people. So okay. when we're practicing, it's a safe place to fail. Yeah. yeah. So it's like this podcast now, you know, will it make air will, if anybody's listening to it right now yes it has done hmm. but because we're practising and playing we can be playful yeah
1: hmm.
0: and I think this idea of being playful in whatever you're doing is important when something becomes a chore I think you've got um, you've got a problem because it becomes too much like a job yeah hey look yeah. we've got a we've got a guest hello we've got really another too. guest hello Susan <laughs> hello alright yeah about to come and
1: get some coffee
0: Podcasting, and uh, for those that you that um, are wondering what's going on, Sue, my partner, just turned up. She's been out this morning working <laughs> <laughs> some coffee. She's she's come, away. you've been teaching people to cook, haven't you? I have, yeah. Was it a great experience? It
1: was um, challenging.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you did fantastic. Have fun, yeah. see, challenging. Mm-hmm. we're all challenging what we do mm-hmm. good cook as well so. yeah. she's been teaching other people to cook today so she's trying to impart her knowledge on other people so mm-hmm. it sounds like it's been an interesting morning mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to hearing about that mm-hmm. so you enjoy the practice more than the playing
1: yeah definitely the process is you know the tip of the iceberg picture yeah, that you yeah. often see online it's, it really is that
0: I don't think people understand sometimes the work that goes into anything People you know, think
1: that you just sit down and play, is It's not like that. Well, it's in
0: anything you don't understand. We, we, we don't. We don't see the work that goes into creating anything. Whether you're a, a top artist, whatever, even if when you're very good at a job, there's, mm. there's normally many, many years of. I suppose what that says is there's, all, there's always many, many failures behind a success. Mm. Mm. It's just a fact. Mm. You know, I, I look at some of the people I know that have succeeded in business, and you know they've done very well, but for many years they really struggled. Mm. And it's pushing on through and keeping going when it gets tough. Yeah. So, so, one thing I think that you epitomise with your playing, and, and knowing you with, with the other stuff you're into now, like your fitness and all that kind of thing, is hmm. you're a very resilient little character. Yeah, I never You give keep up. going, you keep pushing.
1: It's kind of a strength, but it, it can be a source of pain to myself as well because I push, sometimes I push too far. But it's the one thing I think you people. recognize that. Well, I
0: no, but that's why you have me to be able to calm you down sometimes. Mm. Because the, the thing you've got to remember is, of all the characteristics I think we can develop in our younger people mm. and in ourselves the most important one is resilience and you know I wrote a book have you yeah. read that book yet I bet you yes. haven't in, in, uh,
1: honestly I, I swear it's in my kitchen on the kitchen chair
0: well my book talks about what I think are the four non-negotiables Clari- to achieve can anything I, can I, can I, you, I tell you see people you what, they you are. Tell us what they are clarity yes action yeah
1: resilience energy perfect see
0: so the, the concept behind the book is you've got to get clear what you want. You've mm. got to know what you want. Mm. It's like if you want to be a primary um, harpist in, a, in an orchestra, you need to know you want that. Yep. You also need to know why you want it as well. Yes. It's important. as all the big why. The second thing is you've got to take action. You have to take steps to get to where you want to be. Once you decide where you want to be, you've got to take steps to get there. Mm. Resilience, and like it's the third one, it, it's probably the most important. You require the ability to keep going when it's tough. Mm. Mm. And resilience isn't... Resilience isn't doing things the same way and always falling over. It's about learning from your mistakes, yep, moving learning, forward, yep, yep. and then finally, you need good physical energy because anything you're going to do in life is going to take time yep. and energy and effort. And if you haven't got the energy to push through, you're not going to you're not going to complete it anyway. So you, I think you show a lot of resilience. I love the way you um, attack things. Like you've you got into running and walking recently. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, I've had a bit to do with that.
1: Uh, well, you inspired me to do my hundred miles in. September yeah, and I did the same start. in October. So there you go,
0: you're on to that. So that you know, my my kind of target is to do a thousand miles in a year. So you're on target to do that, really. If you kept that going now, you'd do a thousand miles in a twelve month period. Yeah. Mm. So that resilience is important and I think learning resilience is something that we can all do and we become resilient by being resilient. By doing things that are tough when we don't want to do them. Mm. So like this morning, I know you were coming at ten o'clock. Mm. Um so I did six miles. I ran six no, miles today. You? Six point yeah. two, ten K. Yeah. And I did that because I realised I had to get it in today. Do mm. I did I want to? Not really. If I'm honest, I could it's have, rainy, it, it was rainy, it was rainy, it were cold. But that's resilience. I have mm. to push because I'm not going to get me thousand miles done if I don't go out every time it's rainy or cold. Mm. So resilience is important. And I think for you as a harpist, that's the stage you're in now. You have to just be a bit resilient in these next few months to decide where that harp work is going to take you. Mm-hmm. You know, you certainly enjoy doing weddings, um, and you've got a little. Oh, I do. I love it. I'm, you've got a little gig coming up next week
1: you can a lot of people look down at wedding work i think it's an amazing opportunity to add something really special to well, it's funny you say
0: that because the only people who can look down at wedding work are people who are in it because i don't i think it must be a great thing to be yeah, involved in this special day
1: yeah
0: because hmm. i know we have a we have a, a mutual friend in john Steele. john Steele, photographer john Steele will be on this podcast he's one of my other my list of people mm-hmm. um and the thing with John is, he's another person that you know is a great, talented guy, and you know as, another guy that, for me, epitomizes resilience. The guy just keeps going. Yeah. B- mm. very talented, keeps going, and that's important. Mm. All the people I know that are very good at what they do have to be resilient because it does look really easy. Oh, be a professional harpist! you just learn to play an harp, and you go into an orchestra. It's not that simple. No, be a professional photographer is not that simple. I know other people in creative lines, such as the designers and things, and they're very resilient people. Mm. They just have to be. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the reality is we all have to be in whatever we're doing, whether that's in a relationship or whether that's in your physical well-being, whether that's in your, your job or in, in your family. You have to be resilient. Mm. Very much so if you're in a family because, you know, if you think your mates are hard work, well, I think we all know. What do they say? You can choose your friends. You can't choose your family. No. Mm. If you were talking to somebody now who had a, a dream to be anything, so there's somebody there at six or seven years old, or let's say somebody a bit older now, they've got to a certain age they want to change in career and they've got an idea of what they'd like to do, How would you, what would you advise be to somebody to pursue a dream? What, what would you say to somebody who says, I'm thinking of doing this, this is a dream I've got. What would you encourage them to do? And silence was the stern reply.
1: I'm trying to inform the words in my mind. Just never lose sight of your goal, I think. Because it can be, the journey can take you in, (laughs) you know, a complete different direction than where you decide you want to go. But if you really want to do it, you'll keep going and you'll find a way.
0: I couldn't have said that any better myself.
1: Simplicity, Mr Boot.
0: I'm all about simplicity. <laughs> Listen, I think I'm going to call that a day there because I think that's good advice for anybody. Cool. If you've got a dream, keep it in mind, visualise what you want and do what you need to get there. Mm. And don't let other people put you off. You'll, like, you will get some knocks and bumps along the way. But mm. If you want it bad enough and you keep going, you'll eventually get there. And
1: just have that one focus. One oh, focus. Always that one focus. The thing that gives you passion and gives you joy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Rihanna. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And um, Thank you for cake. Yeah, the cake. That's amazing. You've eaten it all now. That one was my lunch and you've eaten it. But, you know, I don't mind.
1: No guilt. I don't do guilt.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. And uh, if you don't subscribe to the podcast, please feel free to do so. Um, if you want to contact me, you can go to my website, which is Garethpoot.com. There's a contact me page there. If there's anything you'd like me to talk about, or if you have anybody you'd like me to interview, I want some interesting people on in here. So um, we've had Rianne this morning, who was, I think is an interesting little character. If you want to learn about her, you can go to com. And um, she'll be up there. She also has a Facebook page. She's on Instagram and Twitter sharing pictures of her playing her harp in some wonderful locations. Um, And once again, thank you for listening. And until the next podcast, take care.